So welcome back to our podcast number three. My name is Al Parr from Par X Media Group. We are actually talking to you about book marketing. You know, our last two episodes that we had up to this point really was about, you know, starting the book, you know, organizing your thoughts, and then really getting the manual together and getting that whole process forward. So hopefully by this time, you've already done all that, meaning that you organize your thoughts, you put everything on paper, you have a, you know, a first or second draft of your book, and you're actually at the point where you're completing it. So if you look at it from um, a perspective of timing, you know, everybody says, when is a great time to start marketing your book? Well, I always tell them it's always when it's finished because ultimately what's going to happen when you start editing and, you know, illustrations and design, these things always take, you know, precedence over marketing because ultimately you're putting out information into the world that this book is going to be released. And ultimately, if you don't have it completed, it won't be released on time. So, you don't want to put some false expectations out into the audience you're working with. So really having your book completed, maybe some touches at the end, but ultimately you're at this point now where your book is finally done. It is ready to go to print. You know I mean you have your barcodes already established on it, uh, and you at this point are trying to figure out how you want to market it. So, you know, you can actually do two things. You know, when you're in the editing phases of it. You know, there's ways of building an audience, right? And have expectations that there's a release date in the future. And as long as you're pretty diligent in your process, you can put that expectation out in the, in the world and say, December 31st is our completion date or the summer for the summer reading program is our launch date. Uh, and if you have all the steps up to that point completed, then you'll be successful. So, you know, how do you build an audience? How do you get this group of people together that are ultimately going to buy your book? Because if you throw your book out in the world without any kind of audience building or any kind of influences, you're ultimately going to fail. You might get some, you know, a lucky break and get some traction with some, you know, word of mouth marketing around it. Ultimately, you have to do some actions around it to make it successful. So, there's been great examples of this, of two ways of looking at where to go with your book. You know, some people look at it from a pure publication perspective. And if you're lucky enough to have a, as I said before, the other podcast, a, a literary agent who can get you into these publication houses, that's great. I mean, you can have a lot of great traction because they have the audience, they have things built up. You know, you ultimately still have to do the work because they want to know, what have you done on your side to make it successful? So ultimately, if you're not an established book author, for the first time you're going to a publisher, they're gonna always ask you what your audience is. And that's why I said it's really, a, you know, 50% of this whole book success is about your audience. So if you're not an influencer, if you're not a blogger, if you don't have any kind of business and this is your first time venturing into the world, then you really have to sit down and look at how you're gonna do that. So some people start this way. Um, they say to themselves, well, I want to build an email list that allows me to actually execute content and keep communicating with my audience until my book launch comes up. And I need about 3,000 names. Now, these 3,000 names are not the names you get from your Facebook or LinkedIn account that you can download 
and you can you know spam them every five minutes. These are really pure individuals that you target through content that actually like what you're writing about. Meaning in our book case, we have a children's book series. We're targeting parents, tweens, regarding our book. And that's the audience we want to attract to, right? Now you can market, if you have marketing dollars, you can always put ads out on Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, other mediums or pay-per-click to track that audience. But again, majority of the time, if you're starting off and you don't want to invest a lot of money, as we said before, in your first book, because we don't know if it's going to be successful, you really have to do some guerrilla guerrilla marketing tactics around it. And there's one company that uh, did a great job. I'm going to to talk to them about this in a a moment. Um, It's about Timbuktu Labs. They came out with a book called Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. If you haven't looked up their story, I expect you you really should take a look at what their marketing plan has been because it's been very successful and it's really a should be a you know a model for a lot of people trying to launch their book now again in our situation we want to go with a kickstarter situation called a kickstarter platform because we want to use our book as a platform to help other nonprofits fundraise not just for our book sales you know if you're looking to do something additional with your book Maybe be merchandising, video games, movies, things like that. Kickstarter might be a great platform for it. And I think you should really look at their story because I think that story is a great way of of marketing, positioning. Now, granted, that group is highly experienced. They've already been in the publication world for a while. They have a magazine. They have a lot of things that came up to the point when they started this book. But they are probably the number one, if not the most successful um, book on Kickstarter. You know, they have, have 13,454 backers that they raised about $675,000. That's pretty impressive for you know, a book uh, on a Kickstarter program. It's impressive for any book, to be honest with you, even if you launch it. So, you know, it's a way of looking at it where you can really impact the audience and you can impact of a larger group of people. So my point is this, you have to decide on if you're gonna be going to Kickstarter program or the traditional Amazon bookseller. Um, so either way you look at it, you have to have an audience. So let me tell you a story about how we did it and how we're currently doing it. So our book, as we mentioned before, is devoted to helping uh, kids going through hard times, you know, whether it be sickness, social issues, uh, things at home. So we really want to target our audience to that marketplace, so which is really the you know, mil- the middle early reader um, area or the tween area. So we decided to build our audience on a grassroots level. And what I mean by that is that when we started our book, we have a, we have a story to tell, right? This is not a... Um, a self-help book, you know, is not a entrepreneurial book. You know, this is something that's you know, it's a you know a story. So we're storytellers in our marketing company and our book, uh, you know, a book launches. So we decide to do something special for the community. 
So we decided to do a book trailer. So we decided to get a, a launch around developing a movie trailer that's supporting the book. Now the trailer itself is a video trailer that we I wrote the trailer. It was based on what the last book of the book series is about and the last um, scene in that book series. So I already put down in my mind two books ahead what the last scene of the last book I was going to look like. And we did that as a book trailer. And you might say, well, why would you do that? Because that's not even relevant to the current book. Well, it is and it isn't. You're introducing a character, our main character, and the secondary supporting character within that video clip that tells the backstory a little bit and creates a little mystery. So we really wanted to make sure that was relevant in our storytelling. So how do we do that? How? And first of all, let me just mention this to you. We don't put out any money for this. Okay. If you had to go out and do a video trailer or any kind of filming or videography around it, it'll cost you 10 grand probably just to hire a crew, people, actresses, you know, writing, lighting, uh, sound, you know, everything like that will probably cost you at least $10,000. It costs us zero. And the reason why it costs us no money is because our mission is, is so resonates so well with the population that we're trying to help. So here's the story. So we, we want we had an idea. Let's do this video. Okay. So we put this together and we said, okay, well, we're not investing any money, as I said. Let's find people that want to be part of our, our mission, who want to be part of our ambassador of this, you know, journey we're gonna be on. This is not just a book, right? We're actually going on a mission to help children. So I put a Facebook ad on my Facebook page. And one thing you should do immediately is that you should create a Facebook page for your book or a LinkedIn page for your book. You know, because you start attracting people into that community of yours that are going to be actually engaging your content where they all can find all they all can conversation about. So I put an ad on Facebook. I said basically, you know, looking for child actors, looking for videographers who want to donate their time for a good cause for a book trailer. That's all I said. I put a picture of our book and our character. Well, I got a great, uh, you know, gentleman um, by name Adam, you know, from Philadelphia, you know, contacted us. He's like, he's a, you know, he's like, a, he's a videographer and a really talented guy. Calls on the phone, said, I want to be part of it because you're helping kids and won't charge anything for it. And for us, that's a, that's a huge, huge, you know, gift. So I met with Adam and we had a conversation and I, I always interview or not interview, meet with somebody in person because I always want to know more about the per- people that are involved with us and what their motivations are and how we can help them. You know, because ultimately they're giving their time, energy to us. We always want to reciprocate something back to them, you know, in the future. And if we can help out in giving him business or supporting his, you know, his platform, you know, we'd love to do that. So we agreed on you know, getting that project off, off the uh, off the dime. So we hired a videographer, and uh, he had all the he had all the equipment, right? 
And I met with, the funny thing is, I met with another company, or another person, who I said the same exact thing to, who was referred to us by somebody else. And they said to us, it's going to cost you $10,000 for us to be involved with you. I said, thank you, but no thank you. You know, if I even had the $10,000, I wouldn't hire them, or I would hire somebody, because I can hire anybody to videotape something for a company, but there's no underlying meaning why they're involved with us, then they won't do a great job. And they won't be, you know, as fulfilling uh, as possible in getting the mission out there. So, Adam and I agree that this is going to be a project we're going to do together. You know, then I put out a, a call for auditions for child actors and actresses to play three parts in the actual video. And I contacted a local, well, I contacted really two local schools. And they were about an hour away from each other. One was around the corner from us, which is called the Acting Studio. And I actually, you know, got a hold of the owner there. And she was really great to work with us. And she said, yeah, I have some great actresses. We can do this for you. And we'll work on it for you. (coughs) Excuse me. So one thing did occur is that, you know, we had five or six actresses. And they're all very talented. I mean, these kids are like Disney character, you know, actresses. They're not like just off the street. And some were new and some were just, you know, professionals. So I said to myself, well, how can we actually get these auditions together? Because remember, we're not going to have them come to our office. We want to make sure they're in an environment that's actually uh, exciting, you know, uh, electric. You know, so, and again, we're not spending any money. So I don't want to go out and rent a hall or a stage for them to go to. So a friend of ours is actually um, in the salon business and she's, you know, opened up a new salon and it, very little uh, coverage is around it as far as marketing. So I said to well, us, have it at your salon. I'll invite the children over here. We'll have a reading and we'll you know, broadcast it. So we had the reading there and we went through the reading. We, we picked the people we wanted to pick. We put on social media. It blew up. You know, she got great business from it. So it was a great partnership in that area. And we found our actresses. You know, one was actually a school teacher who was uh, from the local middle school. And she was just the perfect person to play the part. And two other children, which were new, actually, funny is they were newer uh, actresses and with no, uh, no previous talent at all. And we decided on those two. So now we had the community involved with us. You know, we brought in people from our community that are within the demographics we're working with. And again, everybody's donating their time. All these actresses and actors are donating their time. So we film it. On the day of the filming, I call up ABC News. I said to the producer, I said, you have to get somebody out here. We're doing something great. We're involved with, you know, great organization like CHOP uh, Philadelphia, which is a children's hospital of Philadelphia. You know, some of the proceeds from this book will be going to them. So they said, we'll let you know. They never tell you they'll be there, right? Media people. So we were praying that something happened. So I'm sitting down with the uh, pre-planning with everybody at the site and ABC News shows up and we're 
you know, ecstatic. I mean, this is a big thing for us because this is really what you need to launch the book into, uh, into the media space. So we had them shoot it. They interviewed um, you know, our communications director. And it was just a really great timing of everything. So now we had a video that we filmed. We had a news media, which gave us relevance into the community, into the media place. So that was a two piece of content on video and news with PR that we accomplished with no money. I can't stress you enough how important those two pieces are because those two pieces of content are called pillars of content in marketing. And what you want to try to find and when you try to build your marketing campaign is these pillars of content, video, you know, engagements, um, events, you know, and that's nothing that we did. We did an event. We engaged a, a great, you know, hair salon. It's a nationally well-known uh, hair salon that teaches, you know, how to be a professional um, hairdresser. And we had it at their event, and we we also filmed it, and we invited all the children to see the the release of the trailer, and that was another pillar of content we had there. So if you think about what we're accomplishing with everything is that we're creating content up until the point of our launch. And now what we're currently doing is we're doing a, and that was a small event. Now remember, one thing you have to understand something is that in this day and age, there is a bipolar positioning of, of attraction. There's either you go extremely big or you go extremely small and micro. So we did our micro event with the salon, which is very intimate, very uh, small people, like 35 people showed up for it. Now we're going on our our large, huge, big blast event, which would be our, our book launch event. And that's six months away, five or six months away. So why we do that is because that's, of course, going to attract a lot more media. It's going to attract a lot more corporate clients. It's going to attract a lot more people with affluence that can help the book and also donate money to these organizations that are supporting our cause. So, you know, we're doing that because we want to do the Kickstarter program as well. So one thing I, you know, we can talk about in the next part, well, let's talk about it now because the reality is that, you know, if you're listening to this, I want you to get it all absorbed all at one time. When you're actually looking to launch a book or a product or anything, you can go in the route of, you know, trying to develop your email list and send out emails. But the open rate right now for emails are is below 30%. And with all the spam going on, it's really getting buried in those email accounts. I mean, look at your email box. It's probably loaded with a lot of stuff. And you have to look through it. And ultimately, the open rates are very low. So that strategy, maybe two years ago, was really maybe worked well. I don't believe it's a great strategy now. It's important, though, to get emails, to build an email list. But if you're not good at it or if you're not being in the publishing business, like, for example, the you know, company we talked about recently who did this book launch, they had about 70, I think 7,000 emails. And that was from all their activity that they actually was, um, they prepared for the last four months. They built that audience and they did a great job at it. 
And it, was, it worked well for them. And you can follow that path. And that's a good path to follow. I'm going to tell you about a second path to, to look at now. And that's the affinity or affiliate kind of marketing program. And, you know, what that ultimately is in very general sense is a partnership, right? It's really finding companies that have the core message in your mission and helping them in their mission of raising money and supporting their cause and doing things that, you know, is more giving than is taking. And we're always very conscious of what we need in a business. We need, we, we know we need money, right? To make the, to produce the book, to get out on the, the, the shelving, to get merchandise together. And that's great. But if you're essentially focused strictly on that, you're going to be, you're going to have moderate success. You won't have great success. You'll have moderate success because you're only thinking about yourself. So, I mean, if you're writing a book about um, a story about women who got battered, for example, um, you can go to the Battered Women's Association and talk about your book with them. And they might engage you on that because it's something that topic matter that they are involved in. You know, with us, with Cancer with Children, you know, peer, peer mentoring, uh, with children, uh, we're doing a program right now where we're having high school uh, kids, high school girls and boys mentor a younger person that might be going through hard times in middle school. And I think that transition between middle school and high school is really a big thing for children because it goes into a different adolescent stage of their life, into a bigger environment where they know very little people, they only know the classmates they came from in middle school. And there's not that support system of things that go wrong into their life. And so we want to bridge that gap with, with this book. And it may seem that we're doing a lot with what we have. But ultimately, I want you to think about this, is that in our book, it's always about helping children. That is the core mission of the book. How we do that and how we um, bring the community together into this core mission is important. So... Don't lose track of what you're, you're trying to accomplish with your book. You, know, you can talk to, you can Google anybody on YouTube and they can say, make a million dollars with your book and show you a great marketing plan with very little relevance, very little substance of a book or a product and have the product not, you know, just fade away to nothing and not be quality. But ultimately, you have to really engage other people. So where our partnership plan is this. Let's talk to large organizations that have a good membership base that we can help fundraise for them. So to give you an example, our, our Kickstarter program that we're launching soon is going to have reward programs in it, right? And this is something Kickstarter always does. You buy something and you say you get a mug. You buy this level, you get a t-shirt. You buy this level, you get a duffel bag. Or something of a product, incentivization, basically. In our process, we're saying, if you buy this at this level, the other portion of the money is going to go to, you know, supporting, you know, Feed America for hungry children. If you support this level, it's going to go to breast cancer awareness. If you hit this level, it's going to go to Children's Hospital, Philadelphia, Atlanta, um, LA, you know, wherever it may be, all around the country. You know, it's going to be levels there where nonprofits can partner with us and actually make fundraising dollars 
because we're in the sort of the core mission of what they're talking about. And we want people to feel good about buying our book. We want to make sure people, you know, buy the book and make sure their children are happy with it. We also have them feel good that they just help somebody in an organization who are going through a hard time to get better. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. So affiliate marketing is huge. It does take some time. It doesn't turn overnight. And you have to really, you know, work on that process, you know, probably in the middle of your editing, you know, at this point in time. You can make contacts with them, have general conversation. They will want to read the book. You will tell them, you'll send the book, but make a list of all everybody you talk to. You'll get a lot of no's and you'll get some yeses, right? So one thing we also want to, uh, you know, be conscious of is, you know, bringing in more people into our circle to support these events. And we got a group of people that actually stemmed from the movie we did, or the trailer we did. And we're raising the money, you know, through the event to support not only nonprofits that we talked about, but also to, you know, do our audiobook, to do a, a, a film project around the story of it. So there's a lot of things we're doing around this big, massive event we're doing. And it'll be at Top Golf uh, in Morristown, and it's going to be a very, um, you know, hopefully we'll get some celebrities out there. But my point is that you really have to, to plan out your media campaign around it. So if you have not contacted or have do not have um, contacts with producers at television stations, your local television stations, bloggers, Instagrammers, you know, I think one of the best things you should do. If you have nothing right now and you're at home and you're basically have nothing to do and you're only watching TV is go on your Instagram page. The best form of communication to reach any Instagrammer out there or influencer is to direct message them. That's the best way to do any kind of, you know, influencer marketing or influencer partnership. And we got some great people, honestly, that were very courteous. Very curious, and said, just send it to us. We'll take a picture of it and put it on our Instagram page, and we're not going to charge you for it. And these people are, you know, half a million, million followers. So we're very excited that they were, you know, wanted to help us. And there were some bloggers in there as well that also said, send us, you know, a book. We got contacts with bloggers through their Instagram page, not through the website page. So if you go through a blogger and he's, she's a, uh, a book uh, reviewer, for example, you know, she'll have a book uh, submission um, requirement guideline. And you have to follow the guideline, of course, submission. But if you Instagram her uh, through direct messenger, and you tell your story to her. And you can, listen, you have to be honest too. You can't be all charity. You have to say how much it would cost to post this on your account. Again, they're entrepreneurs, just like you. You have to, you know, put aside, of course, your creative part of your personality and jump into a business mindset and generate enough influencers by direct messaging them so when you have your book launch now you set up your content your pillars of content you've now set up your influencers on digital you've now communicated with media groups like Huffington Post ABC News Fox 
everybody who's involved in the media space. And you're setting them all up. So when you hit that button to launch, all that media, all that coverage kicks on for you. It's like gasoline, right? And people start talking about it. But that, it doesn't stop there. Once it's released, you will have to continue that media and event coverage or event creation around your your book. So you might be creating a book that takes a year to create and it'll take you a year additional to market it and to support it if it's something that it's going to be long lasting. You know, if it's one of these pamphlets where they say, you know, our book's free, just pay shipping and handling, where really you're buying the book anyway, just it's in the price of the shipping and handling, uh, then that's the way of doing it as well. So I think you have to really look at, from a marketing perspective, all these pillars of content, all arrangements of media, what types of media is going to be involved with you, and influencers. We can't stress that enough. You really have to get influencers involved with you. Could be somebody local, could be someone national, you know, but you have to get influencers on your on your, your your spot there, and that's through Instagramming people on direct messenger. If you have an Instagram page, set it up. It's probably the best open rate for anybody to communicate online right now. Email is not the way to go. Phone calls, not the way to go. Although if you're good on the phone, like I am, I can pretty much uh, generate enough interest by having that skill set. But I'm around before the internet. So, you know, I developed that skill. You might not have that skill of cold calling somebody, but you'll have to find somebody who does. So there's a lot of things you've got to cover in this process of marketing your book. And there is no wrong way of doing it. It's just a way of you want to accomplish your goals. So I think, you know, to surmise what you're looking to, to accomplish first is really to create content around your book that sparks interest in your mission. And that could be even giving out a chapter of the book, having people read it. You know, for us, we had illustrations. We post illustrations on our Instagram page and people like them our Facebook page, you know? So one thing we didn't, like I said, we don't think we try not to do is is pay for advertising dollars because ultimately you want to know if your product is good enough in the marketplace to proceed with it. You can throw dollars at anything. You can throw dollars at a widget. And if you are a good communicator on digital marketing, you can make millions of dollars. There's tons of those guys out there that were telling you they drop ship and they make you know a million, four million dollars in drop shipping business, but they're you know 65 or 75% of their revenue is going to marketing. It's just a numbers game at that point. But those products die out. So you have to decide if you want to have a quality product that you can build upon or something that's gonna be you know, a tinderbox. It's going to just, you know, flare up and, and die off. So hopefully you got some uh, good feedback on this, you know, podcast. I try to make it, you know, as detailed and referencing as my experiences. But I think you really should check out Rebel Girls, uh, Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. They had great uh, success in their mission in Kickstarter program. They, I think they even outlined on their site how they did it. And there's plenty of podcasts with interviews with them, how they accomplished what they did. 
So, you know, a great, great success to them, but it's not something you cannot duplicate. It's not something you can't, you cannot change uh, the way they did it. And maybe did something the way we're doing it. But I think ultimately you have to start figure out who your audience is and start communicating with them, you know, very soon uh, because it's going to take you about three or four months to get that audience in gear unless you're already published a book. If you're not established published author, you're starting at zero. So you have to really start communicating and driving email lists, you know, get media coverage, communicating with them and having a post launch plan established once you do launch your book. And that's basically in the media space, in the promotional space. So if you guys want to know more about you know book launches or you want to have a conversation about this with me online in our podcast, just send us an uh, email at parmediagroup at gmail.com. That's P-A-R group media at gmail.com. And we'll jump online. I'll have a, you know, you can ask me anything. We'll, uh, we'll answer it. But good luck in your, uh, your new venture in marketing your book and raising awareness for your book. Uh, if we, uh, next podcast we're going to do in this episode, you know, we're going to keep getting more granular with you as far as the steps in the process. And then what we'll do is, you know, ultimately at the end of this podcast, when this, you know, on the book launch, we're going to create a curriculum for people who want to launch a book and take the process that we learn and that's been successful for us and you can you know subscribe to that uh, training class but for now this is Al Parr from uh, Parmity Group look forward to talking to you guys soon take care <laughs>